Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another podcast. We have a very special guest on this one, Cassie Athena. Yay. Thanks for for, having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. (laughs) For sure. So you mentioned earlier, you don't come to New York very often. Right. It's not that I don't want to. (laughs) It's just I have so much work like in L.A., and everybody, I feel like, comes to L.A. at some point. And so I just constantly am like, and I'm from L.A., so it's just easier. Gotcha. But I like New York. I'd come out here a lot more if I could. So you grew up in L.A. That, mm-hmm. therefore, makes you a Lakers fan. Or Clipper, but most likely Lakers fan. <laughs> 95% chance you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, for sure, Lakers fan. <laughs> so did you have any favorite players growing up? Um, I didn't start watching the NBA consistently till I was like, a senior in high school okay. and it was Sasha Vujicic like that okay. was my favorite player ever and like I loved him so much that I started watching every basketball game and then from there I was like wow this is like actually fun to watch all the games and then it just kind of took off but Sasha was like my favorite I would show up to autograph signings I would <laughs> like cheer for him at games even yeah. if he didn't play a minute I, I love you <laughs> Sasha he's like what is this <laughs> And then it's crazy because full circle, I haven't seen him since I was like in high school. And last summer I went to go shoot the Players Association at a top 100 camp in Virginia. And I was there and he was one of the like players there who was training to become a coach. And I was like so embarrassed because I was like that groupie fan in high school. And now I'm like a professional photographer. And he saw me and he was like, Cassie. I was like, no way you remember me. He was Let's like, go. He was like, you were my first fan ever. <laughs> like we connected and talked and like now we're friends. So it's kind of weird how. That's amazing. Yeah, it's come full circle. He had a stint with the Knicks too. Yeah, he was on the Knicks. <laughs> I think he was on the Nets a little bit too. He was all over. So that's amazing. Yeah. And now he brags about how I was his first fan. I'm like, it's crazy how he's a fan of me now. And that's. The dopest. I yeah. mean, literally, you cannot movie script that any better. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, so. so you became a Lakers fan a little bit later on, but were you into photography early on? Yeah. So even when I was younger, my dad and my mom always would just take pictures of moments of me and my little brother. And I always associated taking pictures with capturing moments. Mm. It was more so like, oh, look at this and that. And so growing up, I would always use whatever camera my dad had, point and shoot, film cameras back in the day. Damn. And then uh, when I got into high school, college, I just kept doing it as a passion, but I never went to school for it. It was always just like a hobby. But yeah, I've been shooting pictures for fun since I could remember. Yeah, middle school, elementary school, <laughs> Fujifilm disposable cameras, like all that stuff. That's the best. Do yeah. you remember the first time you realized that it could be a profession of yours? Um, I, I feel like it just kind of happened. I think in, in 2011, when the NBA had their lockout and I had like some somewhat decent camera and I was like taking pictures and, and all the players really liked it. And my pictures now, when I look at them back then were awful, like they're blurry, but the players just loved the moment. (laughs) They were like, I was like, look at this action shot. And back then I thought it was cool now, but the players were just so excited that I would capture certain moments or certain stuff. It was more about the moment than it was actually about taking like a technically amazing photo And then I'm like, let me just see if I could do this more serious. So I started like really studying it. And then as my photos became better. What does studying it mean? Like learning about shutter speeds and learning about what different lenses do, learning about just all the technical aspects, um, getting different software to edit. I was using like iPhoto and now I use like actual professional, you know, stuff like that to edit my photos. So just the quality of it goes up. I feel like I always had the, the love and emotion behind the photos, but I needed it to be 
to be a professional photographer, you have to be able to actually take like amazing photos, not just amazing moments, but also the quality too. So for sure. Yeah. And so that lockout is really what started it. Yeah. Were there not that many other photographers doing that at the time? Uh, I want to say zero, honestly, because professional photographers were being hired by newspapers or media outlets or the NBA or whatever. And when it's the lockout, nobody's sending photographers to go pay them to go shoot in like the hood somewhere at a local league. So um, somebody had told me, hey, you should go check out the Drew League. It's a bunch of players. And I think it was like the week after Kevin Durant had his highlight of, you know, dunking on someone crazy. And so I was like, okay, I don't even know where Watts is or Compton. Like, I've never really been there. Um, And I literally just showed up with my semi-decent camera and it was definitely a culture shock, but it was zero photo cameras there. There was like Ball is Life and maybe like Hoop Mixtape filming and that's it. Nobody had ever taken pictures at the Drew. It had been around for like almost 30 years at that point. And... I was just like, hey, can I be the photographer? And the next week I was like the official photographer and I'm taking pictures <laughs> of go. like James Harden and and DeMar DeRozan and OJ Mayo yep. and Nick Young, all these players. And there's nobody else. So I did it all summer. And then just as it cut, the, that ended around August, all the pro-am leagues and players were still working out. So then, I, you know, someone's like, come to this workout. Paul George is here. Then I made friends with Paul George and then mm-hmm. Brandon Jennings. And Brandon Jennings like, oh, I like your photos. Come shoot my block party and come shoot my flag football games. And it just spiraled into all this lifestyle stuff. That's how I really got into shooting personal lives is it all happened in the lockout, but it kind of started at the Drew and then just branched out from there. So. Gotcha. You mentioned making friends with the players. How does a photographer become friends with the players? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would definitely say uh, lots and lots of just spending time. Like, how does anybody become friends with anyone? It's Show really, value. Yeah, you have to be trustworthy. You have to be consistent. You have to be friendly, you know, and and also, I guess, take good pictures, too. So, yep. Because <laughs> so, I've seen a lot of people try to kind of do what I do or yeah. take pictures with players. And every now and then, like, a player will adapt to a certain photographer. But for the most part, I feel like I'm the... I'm the only photographer who shoots this many professional. Like I'm the personal photographer for like 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 a hundred players. Like they'll call me first before anybody else. So um, it's really just building relationships. They're like my second family. Like one week I'm going to Orlando with Aaron Gordon's family, and the next week I'm with Stanley Johnson and his mm-hmm. family, and and they're family to me. It's not just like. Oh, whatever. She takes pictures. Like gotcha. they do anything, so it's cool. You mentioned Nick Young earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew this. Was I don't think happen. I have to even ask the question, but I'm going to do it anyways. Okay. Uh, how did the Nick Young meme happen? Okay. Because that's literally, if you ask like, most NBA fans, top five, top ten greatest NBA memes of all time, right? <laughs> and that's probably the biggest one that didn't happen on a court. Yeah, <laughs> probably, right. So yeah. how did the Nick Young meme happen? Uh, well, be, like I said, because I was around players' lives, personal lives, I thought it would be cool to film like day in the life of players. And so the first player that I thought of was Nick Young, and he had just finished like a season with the Sixers. They were doing bad. He got out in L.A. early. Like, can I film you? He's like, yeah. And, you know, he planned all this stuff out. And one of the things that we did 
uh, was go to his mom's house, like where he grew up. And his like, if you think Nick Young is a character, I wish somebody would like film his mom. Like his mom is 10 times funnier, <laughs> 10 times crazier. Like I feel like that's most moms <laughs> behind amazing people. For sure. Like that's, they get it from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All the swag you pee, like his mom started, you know, <laughs> that whole coming swag. In iced out. Yeah. Like she's totally on another level. So she just kept saying all this stuff and it was like making him laugh and embarrassing him. And at one point. I, I just rolling, filming everything. And at one point she had said something like talking about an NBA player who saw Nick play when he was younger and was like, oh, you know, if he if he were to take it serious, he would be great. But, you know, he was a clown back then. Mm-hmm. And like Nick's face was just when I tell you it was like the quickest like look ever. And then when I was editing, I'm like, wow, I don't know. Something inside me is telling me to like pause this video and put question marks. And I didn't really know like how to do it. So I'm like looking up tutorials. I'm slowing down the footage. And finally I got it to where it just stopped question mark. And then I posted it and it was on YouTube for like, like a few months before someone screenshotted just that question mark thing. And it just went viral. Cause a lot of people know that I filmed it, but they don't think I actually like paused it and added question marks. I'm like, no, I did like the whole, like the whole thing is me. And if I never paused it, nobody would have ever seen it. Cause it was just so fast. So, and then I honestly, I've never had something go that viral before. <laughs> people still post it every day. Yeah. I mean, people, they'll introduce me like, yeah, she made the Nick Young meme. And it's like, of all the coolest pictures I've taken, like being known for like a video screen recording. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's wild. The it's yeah. The which is cool. I, it shows how powerful the internet is. So by, by what you said, I'm assuming that's not your favorite photo you've ever taken. What is? <laughs> That's a really hard question. I feel like I can't really answer that question. Um, Do you have a favorite game that you've covered? Favorite game that you've attended as a photographer? <laughs> Man, these are... Okay, I would say one of my favorite pictures, just because it's out of my element, is um, All-Star Weekend in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I got to shoot Steph Curry, and we were on a helicopter. And there's like a snow blizzard while we were in the helicopter. And so when we landed, it was like we walked out, and it's just snow everywhere. And I got these pictures of him just like looking, and there's snow and... I think that was a crazy picture because it's like Steph Curry and Snow Blizzard and Toronto is just a lot. Uh, As far as favorite game, I've shot like Team USA scrimmages that were really exciting because there's so many big stars. But um, I would say there's probably like two really cool games. One is like during the lockout, there was that game between the Drew League and the Goodman League. And just seeing those guys like in their raw element was really Mm. fun. And then also recently I went to Dwayne Wade. I went to go watch him play for the first time ever. And he hit that game winner against the Warriors. And I was there and I (laughs) captured it. And I was like, wow, this was like a moment to be a part of. So that was probably really cool. I thought you were going to say for the first time and last time ever. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, that's the last time. But I would I definitely (laughs) want to watch him again. But, you know. Yeah. D Wade's got to make make a comeback. Yeah, I know. He's yeah, that was really exciting. Yeah. For, and they lost the two games prior, so and then it was Warriors. I'm like, great. Like this game's not going to look too good. And, Blows out D-Wade. Nope. Yeah, no, that was good. I'm glad I saw them win. So, yeah, definitely that one. That's pretty amazing. Thanks. Um I I think, you know, one of the things that I think differentiates you from most photographers apart from, you know, necessarily the passion for it is traveling to all these different places, booking so much into that schedule. Right. Do you take any time off? 
my work life and my personal life have kind of merged into one now. So I really try not to take gigs that I wouldn't enjoy just doing it. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's the only way I stay sane and able to work back to back so mm-hmm. much is I just enjoy it. But um uh, today I have a day off and I came here to do the podcast. So, I mean, I like, I love Let's stuff go. like this. Like my day off, I want to come talk about basketball. Like yeah. it's just like embedded into me. Nah, so. that, that The moral of the story is do whatever you would do if you were, if you had the time to do it yep, for exactly. a living. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't really feel like work. Yeah. It is a lot of work, but it doesn't feel like it, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Your work is to watch Dwayne Wade put himself in the record books. <laughs> Hit game winning shots and yeah, this dude I did a jersey exchange with him down there like Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so that stuff is like that's fun to me. There's no it's not I feel like I'm cheating the system by calling it work. So No, yeah, that that's the best. So what's most exciting to you right now? <laughs> as far as just anything? Anything. Uh is it the playoffs is it the off season? To like capture Totally up to you how you want to answer that. Okay. Uh, I definitely look forward to the off season the most. Um, I have, this is my first year actually trying to shoot more during the season. Uh, I'm real close friends with Stanley Johnson and he was like, hey, let me fly you to Detroit and I want you to shoot games. Like I want you to like get more Mm. involved with teams and stuff. So he brought me to Detroit. And when I was there, I was there for like three weeks. And then other teams were like, oh, you shoot during the season. And other players are like, oh, you shoot during the season. So I started getting like hired left and right. I'm shooting the Kings. That's why I went to Miami. I was kind of like all over during this season. So that was really fun. Uh, to experience that but at the end of the day to me I feel like it's too many cameras at games like the photographers at the games are going to capture every angle possible like there's it's like hard to really capture something so it really depends on my relationship like I I saw like the Warriors in Detroit and I'm trying to shoot like Steph and Jordan Bell and Quinn Cook like doing photo shoots after the game Mm. like showing more of their personality yeah Um, the on-court stuff is it's like cool but sometimes it's a little repetitive so I definitely look forward to the summer and the off season because it's just like the players do so many different things and um, and it's like it's always something new and different. Like the games are fun, but after a while it gets repetitive. You know, in the summertime, I'm like flying to Serbia to shoot Bogdan Bogdanovic and then with Buddy Heald and Clint Capella. And then the next week I'm like over in, you know, Santa Barbara shooting Josh Richardson. Like it's always like different things going on. So I have definitely more fun in the summer. How should any photographer out there try to differentiate themselves? I would say like you have to really find your own style. Um, I see a lot of photographers, even since when I started, that have definitely copied a lot or tried to like follow in my footsteps from putting watermarks on photos to shooting the same kinds of people that I shoot. And it starts to get oversaturated. So it's like I was like the first one, but now there's like a hundred photographers that are trying to do the same thing. But a lot of them tend to Were like you the first person to put watermarks on social media photos that I know, especially for basketball, for gotcha. sure. But I definitely say I was the first. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. Instagram came out and I was already doing watermarks on so we're Facebook in like 2014, 13, like 2011, 12. 2010. Wow. I was doing watermarks on Whoa. photos. I think my oldest watermark goes back to 2009. Was it the same exact look? <laughs> 
No, I used to change it every single year. Okay. Because I to just, be able to identify what year it was changing from? I, yeah, no, more so I just didn't like it. I'm like, <laughs> I would put like little flowers and then the players okay. are like, why is there flowers on the watermarks? And so Tough I just- guy's trying to post yeah, his photo dunking on it's somebody. like a little plumeria flower. has got flowers all over it. <laughs> yeah. So I just kept switching. And then finally in 2013, I started like really blowing up. Mm. And then it was like, people started to associate my one watermark with like- that's me, so I just kept it. And the people <laughs> listening to the audio can't see, but is that a watermark chain? Yes, shout out to my guy Judah. He actually um, made me this for my birthday. That's amazing. And, um, it's all like iced out diamonds. I was like, I want my watermark like iced out. So I just got it like two days ago. So I'm like really excited, but now so it's like official. How did the idea to turn it into merchandise start? Because that's been something that I've seen from afar become super cool for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it was almost like a joke. I've kind of thrown the idea out for a few years with people. They're like, oh, you should put your watermark on a shirt. And then when I'd ask people, some would say it's so stupid. Some would say it's awesome. And then finally a year ago, I was like, let me just try it. So I, I put it on uh, shirts and I just gave it to a bunch of high school players and they like loved it. And then when I saw their reaction, I started <clears throat> I started to be around all of the NBA guys in the summer. Mm. And I would just like, you know, here Westbrook, here James Harden, like just give them all shirts. And yeah. then they'd wear them all the, the time. Best. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Like, I, I really didn't think anybody would wear them. And then it just started blowing up. And then when the season started, then it was like Miles Turner wore them to games and like Terrence Ferguson and Harry Giles. And they're like walking into the mm. tunnel. And now that's like fashion runway, you know, the NBA games. So yeah. The fact that they're wearing it. Every time someone wears it, I just like freak out. I'm like, that's so cool. I have an important question. Okay. If somebody's wearing a Cassie Athena watermark t-shirt and you take a photo of them, do you <laughs> then put a watermark on that photo? That's a great question. I've actually thought about that. I usually don't just because I feel like it looks like obnoxious. <laughs> Imagine if it was a photo of a photo. Right. And there were three watermarks. That would be a lot. But that's pretty savage on your end if somebody else is taking a photo and your watermark's on it. It's all over <laughs> Getty images. Like there's Getty photographers who shoot like Jordan Bell wearing it and it's like my watermark. I'm like, that's kind of yeah, funny. That's I'm still pretty... getting credit without doing anything. <laughs> Literally. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Put at Cassie Athena photo on it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so well. some more followers too. <laughs> um, so have you always enjoyed social media? Have you liked social media? Oh yeah. I mean, back in the day, like not to age myself or anything, but before even like Facebook and MySpace existed, I was over here trying to figure out HTML to make my own websites. And I've always been into like technology and all that. So even before this was a thing, I already knew how to do HTML coding. I'd build my own sites. In high school, I used to shoot like local rock bands and I would just like figure out how to upload them to servers and share galleries like before there was even like MySpace. So and then when MySpace came and Facebook and then it kind of already uh, you already had a little bit of an inkling yeah. as to what it was going to be. So you hopped on it early. Right. Makes sense. I've been doing this like over 15 years at this point. Like if we're going back to when I was a teenager, like I just I'm like real computer savvy. That's one thing I am. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. That's how you. I mean, you know, you put all these tiny pieces together and people are like, oh, how does the result happen? It's like, oh, right. you put the hundred pieces together and then you get the math equation. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's been a long, because I I originally went to school for animation and visual effects. Really? My dad's yeah. an animator. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. He just won an Emmy, actually. Really? Yeah, wow, crazy. congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like... But yeah, it's super cool. That's all I studied was animation. 
production. And then I was like, I was always more post-production. So I knew how to do, even now, like you could film someone in front of a green screen and I could change it out and add 3D stuff. Like I'm super nerdy. So all that stuff helped me when I finally picked up a camera because I understood what the final product should look like. That's so, awesome. But yeah, that's cool though. But the animator thing. So. Yeah. So it, it's, he's been doing stuff for the New York Times. When I was younger, he used to do animations of me. Like, oh my He gosh. does hand-drawn oh, for wow. the New York Times. And he just did a documentary about crazy about the Holocaust. Oh, wow. For HBO. A do, like, wow. full documentary educating kids about the Holocaust. Wow. And it's an animation? Yeah, it's animated. Wow. It's an animated documentary laced with like the real life interviews of survivors. Wow. Yeah, I got to check that crazy. out. That sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, animation is is very cool and very impressive. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's also very creative. And I feel all that stuff helped sure. me with like all the action photography and stuff. Like I kind of understand how motion works and all that from you know, doing it, studying animation. So, so do you like, you mentioned rock bands earlier. Do, yeah. you, do you listen to music? <laughs> I do listen to music. Is, is, is Ball is Ball 100% life or 99.9% <laughs> life? That's what that question is. Yeah, Ball is probably like 99% life. Um, no, I used to actually be like, my dad's a musician. So he's oh, wow. singer, like guitar player, rock star. I grew up playing clarinet. I was like super nice at it. But then I grew to be six feet tall and started playing sports. But I definitely <laughs> like, like, yo, yeah, it's like marching band <laughs> or volleyball team, like volleyball. So um, I played sports. I started playing sports more, but I love music. Uh, my dad always raised me on like rock and classical and jazz. And then now I'm more into like hip hop, R&B, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually was the games photographer, like the rapper for a while. Sick. I met him at the Drew League. He was playing down there and. When nobody else would hire me, he's like, you know, just come, you know, follow me around. So I'd go to music videos and I'd go to concerts and clubs and every, and he really taught me how to be an entrepreneur because music artists, like I have so much respect for them. Like they're, people are like, oh, they go to clubs and this and that. Like, no, they're at clubs to network with DJs, to get their music playing, to like meet people. And so it's like, I learned how to really just brand myself because NBA players, you get on a team, you get to like really play and make money and you don't really have to worry about all the extra. You could be like Kawhi Leonard, like you play awesome. You don't even need social media. And then music artists, like they really have to push their own stuff. They can't wait for a music label to do it. So yeah, it was definitely like a cool learning experience. Um, I got to shoot like Trey Songs and Chris Brown, Rick Ross, like all those dudes. I've been like around them a lot. And so I have a great appreciation for music. I just kind of like fell more into basketball because I feel like it was less saturated. There was like no one in shooting basketball. It's like really hard to get access to those players. Music artists, a lot of them, it's a little easier to find them. So Because they're out in the public more. Yeah. Whereas the NBA is like this platform that happens. You know exactly when it's happening. But right. the problem is everybody else knows exactly when it's happening. Right. Whereas the club, you can be at a popular spot and then everybody pulls up and you get every single guy over the course of a year. Yeah. So it's definitely a different dynamic in that sense. Right. Um, and most players, when they go home, they're like, okay, like no more cameras. Because that's all they do is interviews and their games are live. And, you know, so... That's the hard part is convincing them like, hey, let me come into your personal life with my camera. I mean, now it's easy, but like that to me was more of a challenge. So how does one do that? How does one <laughs> convince a player that they should have photos of or why should a player have photos of their personal life? I feel uh, in our generation, like this time, you really have to build your own brand. Like players, you know, ha they have platforms of their own now. It's not just waiting for like their clothing brand or the NBA to like really help them. It's like, hey, you can do your own stuff too. 
Um, and I've seen a lot of players who maybe aren't the best players, but mm. they have built brands outside of basketball. So I definitely would say um, it's just important. And that's why I like the high school players right now. They grew up more with social media. So they really understand like how much hype and how much notoriety can help their career in general. The players that are a little older, some of them are kind of like, oh, I don't really care. So it's a little harder to convince them to to post. Like, they'll let yeah. me capture it. I could shoot, like, all kinds of, like, players whenever. But a lot of them are like, I don't really want to post on Instagram. <laughs> and then you have ones that, like, post, like, three times a day. You know? They document their emotions as well. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of them are a little, like, too open on social media. But those tend to be my favorite players, the ones that, like, love the camera, like Andre Drummond and Stanley. And, Andre is just and, one of the best guys. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Like, and he, like, eats the camera up. Like, he loves it. Um, <laughs> you know, and then there's there's all, and then there's other players who are more low-key where it's like, you can shoot me, but you have to ask my approval. And I don't want all these pictures out there. And it's just like, you know, there's players I've shot, you know, before where I had to sign NDAs. Like, that's only happened, like, once or twice. But, um. You know, it's just everyone's so different and everyone's different levels of fame. And some people feel like they have more to lose than others. So it's interesting. Some people do have hundred multi, <laughs> no, hundred sure. million dollar yeah. apparel contracts. Yeah, they, they have certain wear, images like, to upkeep. And There are some guys that have hundred million dollar Nike contracts that roll around the house in Yeezys. <laughs> and it's like, you cannot have photos of that getting out. I've had players wear like total opposite brands and like yell at me. But it, it like, for example, long time ago, it was right before Nick Young signed to Adidas and okay. he showed up in some like Adidas Yeezys to a public event. And I posted the picture and then one of the sneaker blogs posted it. And like at the game, I was still at the game. It was like a local game. And like I got chewed out after and I was like, you came to a public game. There's like a million cameras here. I just had the best one. And then he signed with Adidas like a week later. So, but it was like a stuff like that is I try to be very careful about branding and making sure, but stuff like that is like, come on, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like don't wear it when there's like 500 people in the gym and you get mad at me. So, but I mean, that's like an isolated incident. It's pretty, it's pretty good overall. That's great. If, where do you want to see yourself, you know, in five, 10 years? Uh, that's a great question. I really didn't see myself here ever. Like I kind of created sure. my own job. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I would definitely like to get more into like doing video stories about players. I want to share their lives, not just through photos, but you know, a little more personal stuff. Um, like I said, I used to film a day in the life of players. I kind of slowed down on it because it's just a lot of work, but, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get that picked up again and get an editor, like a small team and, like really share stories, like, you know, stuff that you don't really get to see that players will give me access to. And I'm like, I want to share this because it could motivate people. You know, it could help them, encourage them. Um, too much of social media is seeing like all the victories and all the winnings and people like my life, people think I literally hang out with like NBA players 24 seven and party. And it's like, Okay, I'm around them a lot, but I'm working. I'm taking pictures. It's like, okay, I'm, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, practically technically, awesome. <laughs> technically, but even like on my my birthday was a few days ago, and I was like, happy belated birthday! Thank you, by the way. <laughs> thank you. And I did say happy birthday. No, you did. You definitely okay. did. And I was like editing photos on my birthday and packaging up shirts to mail out. You know, it's like it's like a lot of grind, and you know, it's not just all fun and games. Like I want to even yeah. show some of my process and and show people that it's. Not, should. Yeah. It's not like that photo just magically appears on my Instagram. It's like, <laughs> right. 
It's like China. Because people think that. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's that's a part of social media. Is like we're all still trying to figure it out. You know, like the fact that we can have podcasts and we can have like, you know, there's so much more like information out there and and real world life stories and stuff that we have access yeah. to. So it's trying to figure out how to share that with people who like don't like sharing it or For are sure. more private, but yeah. have a lot to offer. That's what I love about this type of podcast. Right. Is it gives both the other person a platform and just the opportunity to just talk about their process, whereas right. otherwise they're in the mode of creating and doing their thing, but gives them a second to step back and also share with other people that may do a similar thing in their own route. Right. Like let's say somebody, you know, listens to this that loves photographing animals in Africa. Right. I mean, they can't be DMing the animals the photos afterwards <laughs> and getting them to follow them back, but uh, you know, they can do their own version of that and send it to all the wildlife foundations. And right. Like, you know, that, that's what I think, you know, hearing stories from individuals like yourself is, is good. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's also good to just have that in the backlog right. so that, you know, when one day neither of us are here, like, oh, snap, it's there. Right. For sure. Forever. Like that stuff lives on forever. That's what's good about the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's the internet is like unlimited possibility. If you could change something about the internet, what would you change? <laughs> Something about not letting trolls talk so much smack because they're the most annoying. (laughs) Some of the DMs, I'm sure. Yeah. We both get. I'm just like, man, let me find your IP address and your home address. Like, they're so annoying. That's probably like the worst part. The internet overall is like not that bad, in my opinion. I guess it just depends how you use it. But I feel like more than ever, it just gives people like the opportunity to be entrepreneurs like never before. So... You know, like back in the day, I would have had to like try to work for a newspaper or a media outlet and and I would have kind of just been stuck to whatever they assigned me to. And now it's like, nope, I'm going to do whatever I want and still make a career and yeah. like share my photos on my own platform. So, yeah, there's probably not much I would change. Like, it's just kind of like you have to know how to navigate it properly. So what would you change about for the sure. Internet? <laughs> uh, I like the idea of removing likes. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah, I just saw that on Instagram. Um, so that is, I mean, as of recording this podcast, that's a thing in Canada. So people oh, really? in Canada can't see likes on Instagram. Oh, wow. Or views. Oh, wow. Why I'm a fan of that, though, is because influencers can still see their own insights. Okay. And share that with advertisers. Right. And you can see, so, still see your own likes on photos and everything. So post stuff based on performance. But other people won't see that. Okay. So I think that's going to bring down, not necessarily amongst influencers, but I think that'll be the case too, but amongst like children and people in high school, right? it lowers that, uh, you know, issue with both confidence and like competition and all yeah. these things. It just eliminates that as well as the people that fake everything. That's Man. my favorite part. Oh my people gosh. People that fake followers, fake likes, right. fake views. Fake comments, they fake it all, <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna be gone. I know that. that I, yeah, I actually like that idea, and I saw something. It like if makes you focus more on the actual content versus like, oh, I didn't get enough likes. And yeah, I think I think you know a byproduct of that unfortunately will be the overall content going down in quality. Oh, really? Because people will be posting stuff without caring how many likes they get. Oh, I see. So it'll be less optimized for each platform. Um, but. I think the other the, the positives outweigh the negatives in that scenario. For sure. No, that yeah. is a cool idea. I like that. But yeah, the haters are <laughs> the haters are what they are. <laughs> I like, know. I guess you need those around 
you know, to balance. Because imagine if every single thing you ever got was just positive, <laughs> yeah. you'd go insane. You'd literally <laughs> think you're the Beatles, <laughs> right? Like, it's, what are you supposed to do? Right, it's a little too much. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you gotta have like. <laughs> You, I'm sure you wouldn't want every single thing anybody ever said or wrote or you heard about yourself to be the most positive thing ever. Because then it's like, I mean, then how are you supposed to improve? There's a difference between constructive criticism and like just being 100%, a hundred percent. Yeah, so 100%. if someone was like really criticizing, like, hey, like I would appreciate that. Like people, whatever they want to say about my photos. But then when they start like attacking my personal life and they don't know anything, I'm like, bro, like, what are you talking about? But yeah. I mean, like, that's just a part of being in the spotlight. Yeah, like general. if somebody's like, bro, why don't you have five angles on your podcast? Like three angles is not enough. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Right. They're but just, if someone's like, bro. You're right, out, I didn't like, like your colored yeah. camouflage shirt or something, you know, like, okay. Whatever it thanks. is. <laughs> I don't like the way you talk. Yeah. And it's like, all right, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, is like is there a player that you enjoy for t- uh, taking photos of or traveling with or you think you've learned the most from slash hip-hop artist, performer, et cetera? Uh, definitely who I learned the most from I would say is the game because he just showed me like a lot of just different, you know, like I was mentioning, just how to be my own entrepreneur. Um, As far as like my favorite player to shoot, because like when I shoot video and day in the life and I get players to open up, I was like, like Rudy Gay was probably my favorite one. I was like crying the whole time from just laughter. I didn't realize oh, how I funny. I didn't know which way that was going to no, no, turn. No, no, like no. Like, He's my favorite to film. <laughs> like, because I he would just say like the most off the wall things and I couldn't really put him in the video, but he just like loves making people laugh. Like it was, <laughs> I was like, thing. what did you just say? That's like, code for, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> not politically correct. <laughs> um, Andre Drummond is also like a really like bubbly and fun person. So those two guys were like my favorite episodes to film are two of my favorite and then as far as like taking pictures like I obviously shoot Stanley a lot I would like taking pictures of like Kelly Oubre and um, Josh Richardson like people I'm friends with like the ones that you see on my page a lot more often like those Wave are my Poppy. favorites yeah like before he was Wave Poppy before like I mean maybe he was born Wave Poppy I don't know but like <laughs> like I, sh- I met him in New York actually at the Elite 24 like him okay. Stanley D'Angelo Russell Devin Booker Miles Turner like 2013 was it 13 yeah Elite 24 do you still cover a lot of the college guys now do you enjoy doing that uh college or high school both so that was my first high school game. So I is, I started backwards. I started with NBA players. And then two oh, years okay. later, I shot my first high school game. Under Armour brought me out for that. And it was like, wow, like these players are just like 10 times more excited about everything because everything's new. So I would send them pictures and they're like, what is this for? Like mm. there was nobody sh- really shooting high school basketball and so that first class obviously have all turned out to be like phenomenal basketball players. And so um, I, when I shot them, I was like, cool, I'm going to do this again next year. And then the next year was like, I think, I think like Brandon Ingram and like that whole class. And the next year, like it just all these amazing players. And then when I got back to L.A., I would shoot a lot of high school tournaments and 
It was like, you know, one of my, one of the guys that worked for, you know, Jordan Rand was like, I want you to shoot this kid Lonzo Ball. You know, I'm like, he's not ranked. I've never heard of him. He's like, no, trust me. He's going to look at his father. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and this is like, man, it was crazy. So, um, you know, I've shot like DeAndre Ayton since he was almost in middle school. Like so many of these players who are like superstars now. So I definitely learned like building relationships with them early on Mm -hmm. and their families and stuff carries on. So when they go to college, that's when the NCAA has a lot more rules and it gets a little strict and stuff. So Got it. I tend to like not shoot as much college just because the rules are weird. Um, I do work with Getty Images now and they'll like hook me up with press passes, but it's Fine. not like I can't do a lot of lifestyle stuff. College players are a little more protected. Mm. And then most of them are one and done. So then they go to the NBA and then it's like back yeah. to I could shoot them whenever. So the colleges don't want to, don't want people to see the truth in some cases, <laughs> man, it's just like so much, like luckily, like I really just shoot USC and UCLA and they're cool. Yeah. I don't like really want to travel to go shoot like other schools, but I probably would, but I like the lifestyle stuff. Gotcha. Better. Are there any, since you photograph a lot of basketball by nature, you watch a lot of basketball. Yes. Are there any prospects you see that are on the come up that you're like, Ooh. that dude, that dude right there. Man, all the time. I'm trying to think. Because, I mean, I'm out here to shoot high school players. I just shot, like, I shoot them all the time. But now I'm, like, I'm on the spot and I have to, like, think of, I'd have to, like, look at. Do you think Zion's a generational talent? I mean, I he looks like it. That's I like agree. <laughs> like, Would have loved um, if he ended up here in New York. I know, right? I mean, he might get traded. You don't know. Um, I Because I've been shooting him now like three or four years. So I've seen him kind of go from like, you know, a smaller kid to like a, a beast. Like yeah, literally. He used to be playing like in high school. So crazy. You know, when you look back at like LeBron's tapes, LeBron was playing against guys that you know, we're really good. Right. Zion was playing against people that look like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Just dunk it all over him. <laughs> Literally every fast break. Yeah. Like he just powered everybody. And then people were like, like, we'll see. We'll see in college. Yeah. And then he was the seed of the same exact thing in college. Right. People were like, okay. Right. Number it's like now, now they're all kind of like on the bandwagon. Yeah. But- Cause I would watch him play in like AAU tournaments. So he was still playing against like huge players, like high school players. Okay. I never really saw like his local high school games cause <laughs> it's far. Yeah. But I can imagine he was like beasting through all of them. Um, and then I live in LA. So we have so many players out there that like from Cassius Stanley to, you know, Isaiah Mobley and like all these players there, there are definitely like, we got some talent out there. Um, but players like Zion and, uh, just like watching, you know, all the next guys come up. I don't know too many players in this draft class, I think. I know a lot of players that like are entering the draft, but I don't know who's going to actually like get drafted or stay. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, I, I tend to just support all the people I'm friends with. I'm kind of biased, but I'm friends with a lot of people. So like, <laughs> if you ask me certain players, I'm like, yeah, he's the one. But, you know, sometimes yeah. I'm just friends with them. So For sure. Yeah, but it's good. No, that's awesome. <clears throat> so apart from LA, do you have a favorite city to, or favorite NBA arena or favorite high school place to to travel and take photos of? Uh, one of my goals is to shoot every NBA arena. How close are you? Uh, I pretty much just started this past season. Like before that, it was like Staples Center for Lakers and Clippers. I think that counts as two, right? That 100% counts Okay, too. cool. <laughs> um, but... Uh, 
And does All Star Games do All Star Games count? Yeah, Charlotte. Okay, cool. No, I didn't go, or but LA. I've been to Toronto. Oh, so we're counting LA three times. <laughs> oh yeah, see there you go, three times. I've been to like Toronto and and like uh, New Orleans. I don't know. I would Miami. say like yeah, I've been to Miami, even to Sacramento. Orlando. Sacramento has a really nice gym. Yeah, I just went to Orlando the first time. That's right. So you know more games than I've been to. Uh, I went to, oh, I said New Orleans. Oh, I went for All-Star and regular. I do the Instagram stuff kind of for a living. So. I know, <laughs> but you got it. My memory's all over. Like, I need pictures to, like, remember what I did. It's pretty bad. So I definitely, uh, Detroit had a really nice arena. They're probably the nicest arena I've shot at, other than the Kings. But yeah, I can't, like, really answer that question because I haven't seen, as far as the atmosphere, like, I, I've not shot at Oracle yet. Like, I've heard the fans there get really loud. Um, you don't have much time. I know. I'm like, shoot, I got to go. Like, hopefully they make it to the jet. next round because yeah. <laughs> then I can go for I the think, finals. I think they'll make it. Hopefully. I think this is going to be released after the NBA finals. So hopefully this doesn't reflect extremely bad. But I'm going <laughs> to hedge that over under on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And hopefully by then I've shot the NBA finals at Oracle. So, um, oh, I've been to the Spurs arena. Yeah, I've been a lot. I definitely like the newer arenas are always Thinking nice. Thinking of it, I've actually been to every NBA I'm like, arena. Dang, I might have been to more than I thought. So, but yeah, I I definitely, I don't know. It just depends on the atmosphere. Like at that that Warriors Miami Heat game, because I watched the Warriors play like three times on the East Coast, which is okay. weird. So it was like, and they only go out there once. So yeah. every time I'd go, it was like go, boom, boom, insane. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah, like when I was at the Pistons, it was like crazy. When I was at the Warriors, crazy. Like. When I go to LA, it's like cool warriors. Like we see them all the time because they play the Clippers, Lakers. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> like those atmospheric games are fun. Like when people are the Orlando Magic game was fun too. Orlando's the good. Well, it was just like the playoff game. So it was just a lot of energy. If you could add an NBA team to any city, which would you add it to? Well, that's a good question. Seattle. I was gonna say Seattle. Cincinnati's a big one. I just know like Seattle had a team, so I feel like they yeah, I mean that. I they think they did have cool. a team. They drafted Kevin Durant and Westbrook. Yeah, that's pretty wild. They had they had a good team. Um, I think it would be cool. I mean, I guess I'm kind of selfish because we have two teams in LA, so it's like don't say LA. I'm just like, I mean, we could use another one. <laughs> we have four teams in California, like super spoiled. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I've, not really maybe another Canadian team. Vancouver used to have yeah, a team as Vancouver well. Vancouver would be cool. I think Vancouver would be a good city. I'm surprised they don't because Vancouver is such a cool city. They had the Grizzlies. Yeah. And then now they don't have anyone, right? And then. Yeah, they don't. Seattle or Vancouver. That's like two, like right next to each other. Yeah, they're just taking them out. I don't even necessarily know why. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I know OKC kind of bought bought their way in. They okay. Pay to play kind of vibe. Makes you sense. Know? Yeah. Chesapeake, biggest company in Oklahoma City. Okay. Paid the most money. Right. Bought the arena rights, built the stadium. And they were like, come on in. (laughs) Yeah, that's because I don't think they could really add new teams, right? They're just trying to move them at this point. Well, you would have to add two teams if you were. Okay. And the complications with that. That'd be a lot. And that would be two like West Coast teams if you did Vancouver and Seattle. And then how do you, how if you're the league, give that team more power and flexibility to get their team started? Because it's not like, do you give them the first five picks in the draft? It's like, no. It's like, do you give them twice the cap? Right. Maybe. Maybe right. that's the answer. And then Kevin Arant goes there. And everybody's like <laughs> signing everybody. everybody signs $700 million 10-year <laughs> deals to go play in Seattle. Like right. maybe that's the answer. But, uh, uh, you know, that's 
for the smart people to determine. <laughs> right. It makes more sense to just move a team, I guess. Who do you think is going to be like uh, moving where in the offseason? Like the big players. I, th- I hope Kevin Durant's coming to New York. Oh, yeah. I've heard it from a couple. See, you must be a Knicks fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've heard it from a couple uh, hip hop artists that, that okay. KD supposedly told them. Is that the one where Kyrie might join him? Or they're talking I don't know about if I want Kyrie. <laughs> I Kyrie don't, in the playoffs. It was disappointing. I want one. Kemba. Ooh, Kemba's nice. From I grew up and he's from here. So. I grew up both New York and Connecticut. So he went UConn superstar. Oh, yeah. NCAA champ. Right. And then from Kemba New York. In New York. Cardiac Kemba was at MSG. Wow. So for him to do that same kind of thing. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. I think that would be cool to have Kemba. I think uh, Chris Middleton could end up in New York. Tobias Harris could end up in New York. Hopefully with Boban. Uh, They're like a package deal now. They literally are. (laughs) But they're like the coolest people ever. (laughs) They're such a package more than like people even know. (laughs) Like both signed to CAA. Like it's deep. Oh, really? Like they have shows together that have been like the same sponsor. Right. It goes deep. (laughs) Like beyond just the encore. It's like a double package. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I think those guys are going to move. I hope. Uh, the Lakers can figure out some way to get Anthony Davis yeah. uh, without trading one of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kuzma. Right. Two of the three would probably have to go, plus right. future draft pick, which is fine because that's a non-existent player as is. Right. But Or the number four draft pick. From or the year. number four draft pick, although Cam Reddish looks pretty good. Yeah. They're talking about him or Darius Garland. Be pretty good too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, so, and Kawhi is the other big man. Kawhi might just stay. They might win a championship this year. If you make the Eastern Conference Finals as Kawhi Leonard right. and the Raptors offer you a max contract, <laughs> it would be hard new, to say and no. New Balance is happy. Yep. <laughs> you stay in Toronto. It makes the most sense. Where else is he going to go? Like the best case scenario is that he goes and ends up in the same outcome. Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? Right. You already like settled in at this point. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I mean, I would kind of hope that KD comes to LA <laughs> on the Clippers, probably. <laughs> I That's just like it. KD. I've got to go. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I, the Lakers, are, you saw they had a protest out front. Yeah, that was the weakest protest I've ever but seen. But it was in my like life. the weirdest. I was like, I looked at my notifications, like, there's a protest. So. Protesting what? Like how much the Lakers suck right now, I guess. Yeah, well, the Lakers have sucked for approximately like. Three years, the Knicks have sucked. More than that. Since the last title for the New York Knicks was in 1973. Oh, wow. That's longer than I thought. (laughs) They're such a big market and a big team. And they're still the most valuable team in the NBA. Yeah, they have the most money. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Lakers have such good players, but they, some reason, can't, like, get it going. Mm. It's not like the players suck. It's just the organization if you could photograph one moment from NBA history, you wish you, you could be in the room for. Yeah. That's, what would that be? Is it Will Chamberlain like, 100 points? Is it, you know, uh, debut of Michael Jordan? What What is that room that you wish you were in? Babe Ruth hitting a home run? Like what? <laughs> the thing is, is like most of the stuff you're saying, I didn't even like. You know, like, I don't know all the greatest moments that have happened, so it's kind of hard to say that. Or even since you've been doing it, just one game you wish you were at. 
LeBron James chased down block game seven of the NBA finals. I know. I think that my favorite things are are like the game winning shots and mm. like the crazy excitement after. Like even Kawhi shot the other night where you're just watching it bounce and you see all their faces and that then was everyone crazy. goes off like crazy. crazy. Like I was at home watching it like, oh, oh my gosh. And then it just... So like those moments, like I love capturing that. Like Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100, I feel like it'd be so repetitive. And as far as pictures go, it's like, mm. okay, there's how many pictures of him, you know, in the same pose. Um, that's why I love that D Wade moment is like the shot itself is like a cool picture, but like his face after he realizes it went in and like Jumping the play the thing, and yeah. then Steph and KD are like with their hands on their head, like what just happened, you know? So it's like, like so much emotion. I like really emotional pictures. So yeah, I would definitely say anything like, I mean, Andy Bernstein has that photo of like Michael Jordan holding the trophy, like crying, like those kind of moments are just like. Like, that's the kind of stuff I would love to shoot. It's just, I mean, he shot it and did a great job, but like those sort of the like... future moments. Yeah, the, the future moments. The 2027 like, version of that. Yeah. LaMelo Ball holding <laughs> the championship trophy. With his, with his two brothers on the Lakers, <laughs> yeah. yeah. LeVar Ball peering over, making sure they're not having too much fun because they've got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. I think that's a fantastic way to end the video version of the podcast. We do a five minute audio exclusive where I throw some okay. brain teasers at you. Okay. I like that. So ladies and gentlemen, first off, where can they find you? Instagram is personal page, Cassie Athena, photo page, Cassie Athena photo. That's really the main thing you got to follow. Go follow them. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're <laughs> subscribed over here and you go to SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts to find the audio exclusive. See you there. Awesome. Got a couple brain teasers for you. Okay. Some of them are a little bit tougher than others. Some of them are a little bit easier than others. Uh-oh. They're like, like math questions or? Not math questions. How much of a brain teaser? <laughs> there is no right or wrong answer to any of them. Oh, we'll okay. put it like that. The first question. Is cereal soup? Dang. That's actually a good question. Wow. I've already <laughs> like, stumped That's question on- so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm like stumped already. I guess I would say, yeah, like a sweet soup. <laughs> If that's a thing. There is no right or wrong answer. <laughs> but you're looking at me like... Is water wet? Uh, I hate that question. I feel like... <laughs> Next question. Water makes things wet. So it like has the ability to... I guess itself isn't wet. But How many holes are in a straw? I've heard zero, one, two, and three. All from NBA players. Really? How many holes? I guess one... Because, like, you pierce through it and it's, I don't know. Okay. What do you think the answer is? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just de- the like, deliverer I just, of the questions. I'm just not here to answer <laughs> questions. Okay. I don't know where I, three, probably, where does three come from? I'd probably from? say two, though. Because of, like, each One on end. each end. But where does the three come in? What kind of, was he at, a, well, like, one, a crazy struggle? Well, <laughs> one on each end and then uh, throughout counts as the third. That's too complicated. In somebody's mind. That's how many like circles there are. Are boneless chicken wings just chicken nuggets in disguise? Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> if you're at a restaurant and your waiter doesn't come back, does that then make you the waiter? Oh, the waiter. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, why do we park on driveways and drive on parkways? Wow. These are like really like in-depth, no answer type questions. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me thinking about stuff different. No clue. 
why does round pizza come in a square box? <laughs> can go all day. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's, a, that's another great question. Final question. Who do you think would win in a fight? A one pound or 1,500 one pound Cassie Athena's or a 1,500 pound Cassie Athena? Uh, probably the 1,500. They could attack from all angles, I guess. <laughs> I just thought of myself as like 1,500 people. It's like a weird... This has been your audio exclusive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, This was awesome. Thank you for making the time. This is super awesome. Let's get it. Subscribe, everybody. See you next time. Yes.